This is episode 648 for November 2020, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Douglas. That opening song is I'm Gonna Get You Sucka," which is performed by the Gap Band. And uh, Spider-Man finally got the Hobgoblin in this fight. So we're going to check that out with Fight Club. But before we get there... I want to thank people that made this episode possible. They logged on to patreon.com slash crawlspace and they said, hey, we want to help you pay some bills that come in each and every month. And I appreciate that. And they also get some perks by doing that, by getting exclusive podcasts each and every month. So a uh, public thank you goes out to Ghost Spider 2018, JR, Robert, Frazetta Hulk, Frederick, James, Jimmy, Josh, Kelly, Laura, Michael 2099, Mohammed, Noah, Patrick, Sarah, Vinkman, Will, hashtag something good for you. Andrew, Anthony, Bob, Craig, Dowd, Datboy, Donnie, Eric, Avenji, Jeffrey, Gru Comics, Hafskimo, Ira, JB, Jay, Jared, John, Jay, John P, Curtis, Michael K, Patrick, Ricky, Scott, Steven, Stuart, Symbiobro, Thomas, Toby, Z, and Nick. Again, they logged on to patreon.com slash crawlspace, and you can do that too and get exclusive podcasts and make sure more episodes come out in the future like the one you're about to listen to right now. Hey, crawlspacers, welcome to our November Friday Night Fights with George. What's going on, George? Hey, November sure is chilly here. No doubt. No, it's not chilly. I'm, I'm in Texas. End of the month, you going to stuff the bird? <laughs> Whoa. Wait. Whoa. <laughs> you know what? Um, okay, so. I was about to say after that, he'll flip you the bird. But uh... <laughs> So Thanksgiving. Let's yeah. talk about Thanksgiving. For okay. A uh, so Thanksgiving, one of my favorite holidays, as, as I'm pretty sure it is for most of America. I love Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. You've got family coming back from, you know, like a lot of times, like uh, from out of state or from college, you know, like you've got kids getting home, whatever. Uh, before, before this year, we would have enjoyed football. Um, or things like that, but, um, but no, I, it's just, it's always been one of my favorite holidays, you know, it's just cause you know, it's one of those times when, when the whole family gets together and everything, that whole period between, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas is magic most of the time. Mm, yeah. And, uh, and, and as an adult, it, it passes in about 30 minutes. It feels like, it and does. when you're, when you're a kid, it takes oh, like nine creep. and a half years creep. To go from Thanksgiving to Christmas day. Yeah. But when you're a grown up, it's, it's like that. It is. Exactly. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> You wake up the next day and it's Christmas already. You're like, how did this happen? What in the world? Oh my God. But, um, so I always, I always help my mom cook for Thanksgiving because we, we wind up cooking and having the whole family over, over at my folks house. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's a, usually a, a big gathering. Okay. A lot of cousins, a lot of, you know, aunts and uncles, that, that whole thing. And so I, I, for the, like probably the last 10 years, I've been going over and helping my mom the night before, you know, like get stuff ready, whatever, um, you know, so that she has less to do in the morning when she's got to start putting stuff in the oven, you know, like most of it's already been prepared, you know, so she just got to stick it in or whatever, you know, the oven, turn it on. Yeah. Um, but then one year I started making like the pies also. And so um, last year, my mom had to have uh, last last year, last October. So uh, in November now, uh, over mm-hmm. a year ago, uh, like uh, 13 months ago, mom had her hip replaced because oh. it was bugging her. So she had to have her hip replaced. She, she couldn't st- she couldn't do Thanksgiving. We thought we were going to have to do Thanksgiving somewhere else. And I stepped in and said, I 
I will do Thanksgiving. You made Thanksgiving dinner? Wow. So last year, I I did Thanksgiving. Wow. Under the watchful, commanding presence of my mother, who was keen to tell me everything I was doing was wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, she, uh, yeah, she, she sort of guided me through it. You know, okay, here's a recipe for this. Uh, no, grind that up a little finer, everything, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, oh, no, it was great. It, it, oh, good. Know, it was fantastic. So uh, the only thing I didn't do, I didn't do the turkey. Somebody else brought the brought the oh, turkey. Good. Good, good. Um, but I did I did the ham. Oh, there you go. I recall. I think the, I recall the I YouTube chat is saying, hey, it's November. How did that election go? Uh, the PS5 is Spo- out right now. Spoiler alert. Uh, you'll have to. Yeah, you'll just have to wait and see. We're, we're bro- yes, we're broadcasting into the future, but we're not going to reveal the spoiler we're, alert. Of who we're we're, we're recording this November 2nd. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and even then, that's a third rail. We're probably not going to touch. Yeah, let's not so. go down there. But we are. We went into the future. For November of 2020, we are going back in the DeLorean to 1998, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is this 98? Let me look. I think so. Uh, uh, 97. 97. 97. March 1st, 1997. This is before what we just talked about with uh, Spider History with the ASM ending. So this is uh, mm-hmm. slightly before that. Beautiful looking cover by Mr. Ron Friends. And we have... Uh, Roger Stern writing it. The Hobgoblin Lives issue three. This is the last issue of the mini miniseries, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Uh-oh. take me through this one, George. Uh, okay. So tonight, yeah, uh, I just got uh, alerted that my uh, my cousin Kyle, uh, who is a uh, who is a, a recent Spider-Man fan, who who just bought the reprint of the uh, Stern Omnibus, by the way. Oh, I, I just, he just typed in chat up here. Did he? Hey, what's up, Kyle? How you doing, buddy? Uh, yeah, that's that's one of my cousins who who actually uh, shows up at Thanksgiving. Uh, well, what did he make last year? <laughs> he, he doesn't make it. He just comes and eats. Oh well, we uh, all have that relative. <laughs> but uh, but remember, sometimes I've uh, you know when I've uh, been rightfully admonishing Jr. Well, there he is, right there. Uh, Kyle's on the screen. There he is. When I've been <laughs> this is the one who says Venom Man, is it? No, 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 no. That's my friend's kid. Okay. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so uh, remember sometimes when I'm rightfully admonishing Jr. for for crapping over the Secret Wars the way he does. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've pointed out that I've used the Secret Wars before to get people into comics. Kyle was one of them. Oh, look at that. So Jor- uh, Jr. instantly hates you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. I just, I just, that's a little harsh. No, hate is hate is is harsh. Just he's misguided. He's misguided. He's not, you know, he was improperly influenced. George he is, is my a bad. In, George is a bad influencer. He's like he, he, he's, he, my, he's worse than uh, Lori Laughlin's kids as far oh as being gosh. a bad influencer. He's, he's my he's my cousin, and I will fight you. Nintendo <laughs> wants to know what came out first: this issue or a favorite Spider-Man website? This came out before the crawl mm-hmm. space came out a year after in 1998. So there you go, Nintendo. Yep. I actually knew that one. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to cover, uh, and, and it's great that Kyle uh, showed up tonight because uh, I've, he just bought the Stern run or, or the Stern omnibus, you know, he, where he, I think he's pre-ordered the reprint and uh, here we go with Roger again, a great Roger friend story. Jay, well, I say it's a great Roger friend story. No, I no Roger Stern, not Roger friends. 
<laughs> I keep calling him Roger. I just combined the two of them. Yeah, together. Roger Friends is a whole different dude. It's a great you know, everybody complains story. about talks about me being a senile old man. <laughs> who's who's been demonstrating the most forgetfulness during this show? Wow. I swear these two shows. You've 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 had more colonoscopies than I have fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I have yet to have one. So. <laughs> let's let's not go there. Well, but no, he's gonna take that pumpkin and shove it somewhere or <laughs> Oh, wow. So so this is another great Roger Stern and Ron Friend story. There you go. There you um, go. JR, I don't think you and I have talked much about this one before. Uh, no, we what, what what did you what did you think about uh, about the Hobgoblin lives? Oh, it was like uh, I had uh, I had kind of really fumed for years about the original how the original Hobgoblin story was handled. Uh, and even though this obviously didn't correct any of that it fixed it ultimately you know it kind of you know and and uh it uh it eliminated a lot of uh uh bad i mean sour eliminated the sour taste i mean because the hobgoblin you just thought wow this is a great villain that was just completely crapped on uh and then they made him jason mackendale and mackendale was always a loser uh so no hobgoblin lives was great i mean it was it was great yeah. yeah, and uh, I liked Mackendale uh, as a as a just as a character, but I liked him more when he was Jack Leonard and not <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when he was Jack Leonard and not Hobgoblin. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah well, Hobgoblin so, was meant for so much more, and then to have him replaced by a, a essentially a petty criminal, yeah. and he never rose even as a Hobgoblin. He never rose above the level of being a petty villain. It was a complete yeah. disservice to the character. He never he never had that same level of intelligence and and planning the way that uh, Kingsley did either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just a uh, just a subpar hog goblin, but um, no, because um, we, we talk about this like like after Stern, yeah, well after the uh, the Ned the the Ned Leeds thing, uh, it did kind of just kind of felt like it just sort of died off uh, until they, they started doing stuff with uh, with hobgoblin like demigoblin. I mean, like there were some unfortunate things that went down mm-hmm. with hobgoblin mm-hmm. after after the whole oh it was Ned Leeds thing. Um, so yeah, this does rectify. This story does come in and rectify, uh, correct a lot of problems. Like that were, ten, uh, ten years after that, Ned Leeds was revealed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. close. And even longer since uh, the first time we even saw Kingsley back when he was still the effete, uh, uh, the effete designer and uh, PPSM. 40 something yeah. yeah. When he wore an ascot. When he had <laughs> an, an ascot. An ascot. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, it does wrap a lot of stuff up, uh, and, and we should be we should all be thankful for that. Uh, this was this was actually a really really good uh, three part uh, three part little contained yeah. story, and I think they've collected it in trade since then. I don't know. I, I, I believe they have. I they, maybe in the nineties they did, but I haven't seen this release recently. It's up on Marvel Unlimited if you want to read it. So. All right, so. Just a spitball for you guys, because, you know, we're not spider history, uh, you know, where we have to uh, examine the full issue. And by examine the full issue, I mean, Jr. just okay. make things up. Like a spider colonoscopy. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> um, so so just to give you a little context on what's going on here, uh, Betty's trying to get to the bottom of of her of her husband's death. And like she's she's just trying to find out more about it, trying to find out how he was wrapped up in it. And. So Betty's doing, you know, what a, what an investigative reporter does. She, she investigates, snoops a, a little too much, uh, drawing the attention of Roderick Kingsley. And uh, at the same time, um, you know, Spider-Man's uh, 
I, I, at the end of this last issue in number two, they had a fight and Spider-Man wound up in the, in the ocean out in the Harbor. And I don't remember what happened. I don't remember if like he got hit with a pumpkin bomb or if he fell, I don't remember exactly how, uh, but Spider-Man or uh, Hobgoblin put Spider-Man in the drink. Uh, and so this is where the issue starts off is like Peter, like probably like what, 50 foot down, probably uh, in the ocean, starting to think about the, the hobgoblin, uh, starting to think about who, who the hobgoblin could be. Yeah. There's different like little hobgoblin hoods yeah. uh, with different faces in there. And Roderick Kingsley is one of them, mm-hmm. uh, along with J. Jonah Jameson and uh, and people that uh, a Jonas lot of Harrow Jameson, Senator Martin. Who looks like he needs to go poo. <laughs> Look at that face right there. I can't zoom in up, but who is this guy down here? Oh, Donald Minkin. Minkin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very few people even remember. No. And uh, and so, yeah, Spidey, uh, you know, he gets out of the harbor while he's got the Hobgoblin on his mind. Uh, but eventually, um, Hobgoblin kidnaps Betty. And he's trying to find out what all Betty knows. And while he's going through... Uh, what Betty knows, uh, and he kind of fills in the gaps for Betty. What's interesting here is that he's he's monologuing like any good villain does, right? But what's interesting here is how much he actually divulges to Betty about uh, his career as the Hobgoblin, you know? Um, because his intention the entire time, as we find out towards the end of the issue, his intention is not to kill Betty. When I first read this, I thought he's telling her all this. He's filling in all these gaps. He's going through his whole history Mm because he's going to kill her. Yeah. You know, Um, but uh, yeah, we find out later towards the issue that was not his original intent. He was just trying to find out what she knew. So um, Spider-Man on the mean in the meantime is is like, you know, scouring the city, trying to find uh, any any sign of Betty that he can. Um, He winds up like harassing an old lady who uh, uh, in the alley. Um, but uh, she's like, no, I found this in the dumpster. It's like a, like a locket. I think like Betty's locket, um, which I think had a spider tracer on it. And I think that's how you found it. I can't remember. Cause I didn't, I didn't read the other two issues before this. Um, but um, yeah, so he's, he starts, you know, kind of honing in on, on where he thinks the hobgoblin is. Uh, and, while we're only covering the fight, most of this issue is the Hobgoblin and Betty talking. Mm-hmm. But it's also – and you're like, well, that's kind of boring. Isn't it? No, this is fascinating, and it's so necessary <laughs> yeah. because we needed we needed for, for Hobgoblin – if this was going to be the ending at least of the original Hobgoblin saga, and this is – and I consider this to be the ending of the original Hobgoblin saga. Yeah. Uh, we have to go through and, and think about you know all the all the steps that uh, that got us to this point, including the framing of Ned Leeds, which Hobgoblin eventually gets to, who was of course Betty's husband. The framing of Ned and the framing of Flash Thompson. Um, and so while while Betty and the Hobgoblin are just having a casual chat, really, you know, I mean, Betty's there's a couple points where Betty's pretty worked up because after all, this is the guy that set up her husband. Um. So, so while all this is happening, Roderick Kingsley busts in with a gun, or at least that's what the reader thinks. The reader is led to believe it's Roderick Kingsley because his, his twin brother, Daniel, uh, is bald. I don't remember if he was bald since the first time we saw him, though, Jr. Do you remember? Uh, I think he was because obviously without giving spoilers away, he's wearing a, uh, he's wearing a rug to make him look more like Robert. Yeah. Roderick. So. Yeah. He's wearing, he's wearing one here. 
Yeah. But uh, but he yeah, he pulls the gun uh, on Hobgoblin, you know, because he's, he's like, I, you know, there's there's been enough killing. It ends here like he's going to like he's going to kill his brother. Uh, so Hobgoblin turns around, you know, does the energy blaster, knocks the gun out of his brother's hand. And so Betty's trying to make a run for it. Uh, and this is where we find out that Hobgoblin was not planning on killing Betty. But unfortunately, because of his brother uh, rushing in with a gun to try to stop him, Betty now uh, has enough to connect the King's Lees to Hobgoblin. And because of that, now she has to die. Yeah. Um, so in, in essence, uh, uh, the brother trying to do the right thing actually winds up uh, getting or almost winds up getting Betty killed while trying to help her. Fortunately, that's, uh, that's not what happens because what? It's, it's still a Spider-Man comic. Yep. Even though it's Hobgoblin lives, so Spider-Man busts through the door. This is where this is where the fight starts. Here this it comes. Where, this is where the good stuff starts. Uh, this incredible Ron Friends art again. Uh, Ron Friends, one of, one of the greatest Spider-Man artists. Yep. Um, Spider-Man kicking down the door, hitting Hobgoblin in the face. Hobgoblin starts blasting, uh, trying to hit Spider-Man while Spider-Man's getting Betty uh, to safety. Hobgoblin flies out the window. You got Spider-Man real quick, like webbing uh, Roderick up against the wall mm-hmm. and, and then going out the window to try to get after Hobgoblin, climbing up a smokestack while to, to try to uh, – because Hobgoblin's elevating up on the Goblin Glider. And I've always loved the way that uh, yeah. that Friends does the Goblin Glider smoke. Oh, I thought you were going to say how he does the movement, the multiple images. So he's so fast, you see multiple. Yeah, yeah, images. and we, we, yeah, we point that yeah. out a lot yeah. with with friends. Are, not just friends. There's other artists that do it also. Yeah, I love the. Yeah. Uh, but but friends did it a lot, and friends always did a really good job with it. Yeah. But no, I've always loved the way, uh, and this will kind of transition into like the next couple pages too. That um, that friends has always done like that that hobgoblin uh, kind of smoke trail. Yeah. You know, out of the uh, out of the back of the glider. Uh, so Spider-Man like kind of web crawls real quick and flips up the up the side of the smokestack, launches himself through the air, and manages to grab Hobgoblin's uh, pouch weapon bag. Yeah, and uh, taken him by surprise because uh, Kingsley was not ready for it. Nope, and starts dragging the two of them down on the glider. This uh, this moment while I was rereading this made me think of. Uh, that great scene from uh, Batman mask of the phantasm where Joker's got the jetpack and Batman, you know, jumps out after him and it starts to pull them both down. And Joker's like, you'll kill us both. And then Batman's like, yeah, whatever it takes, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And so while Spider-Man's fighting Hobgoblin, you've got Betty now uh, with Roderick Kingsley webbed up to the wall. uh, And she's like, well, I've got you captive. And she just puts her, her tape recorder in front of him. She's like, all right, talk, you know? And um, so while Roderick, while Roderick Kingsley uh, starts to go through uh, his confession, Spider-Man continues to fight the Hobgoblin. Uh, Hobgoblin manages to, to get the, the glider corrected and starts going up the side of a skyscraper. Um, Spider-Man is like hanging on by, by like a, um, by a web. It, man- it snaps. He manages to get another off so that he's still connected to the glider. He's start. He starts choking from like the glider smoke. This is a great fight. There's oh, so much yeah. going on here. And, and the thing is, that it's not even all that many pages. No, it's good. Uh, but yeah, there's so many elements in here. And so Spider-Man is like starting to choke from from all the exhaust because he's being, you know, uh, hauled up. Another great moment where uh, a goblin is hauling Spider-Man behind him. Yeah. 
you know? And, uh, and so he, he gets to, the, he's going to the top and he, he finally gets to the top. He kind of crests over the top of the skyscraper, thinks he's lost Spider-Man. And that first panel there, uh, before Spider-Man punches him, um, that focus on that right there, that, that yep. exact panel. This is why uh, I have always enjoyed uh, Friends and the way he draws uh, the Hobgoblin is specifically because of this. The way he does the hood and the way he's always done the pose Yeah, when he's on the glider. Everything everything about that is why I've always loved Ron Friends drawing the Hobgoblin. Yep. Um, and so, uh, so Kingsley thinks he's going to get away. He thinks he's lost Spider-Man, thinks he's going to get away. Uh, and sure enough, Spider-Man leaps out of the cover of the smoke and just cold cocks Kingsley. Or, or we shouldn't call him Kingsley at this moment. We should just call him Hobgoblin. Yeah. Uh, just punches him real hard. Uh, just a, it's a it's a great hit. It's almost it's almost one of these Sabu Sema hits. Yeah. You know, the only thing missing is like whenever Sabu Sema draws people getting hit, there's teeth flying out, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> yeah. So Roderick uh, Roderick continues to uh, to talk to Betty while uh, while Spider Man and Hobgoblin start fighting on the on the glider itself. Going. Yeah. I love that. that. Look at that. Oh, how awesome is that? JR, how awesome is that? That's awesome. It is awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And, and, well, and, particularly because you see them above the city. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so you can just kind of imagine what it would oh, look yeah. like being filmed. Yeah. You know, so. And, and, and folks, let that be a lesson to you. Uh, JR, JR loves this right here. And JR hates everything. <laughs> Even more than me. <laughs> All right, so uh, so yeah, this, this it's is just a factor a, of age. Age, we hate everything once we get to a certain age. It's a it's a terrific moment, and Spider Man, Spider Man headbutts him while calling him a butthead, <laughs> which is a great moment. Even in a get serious him. fight, Spider Man's getting the quips in. No doubt, get him, get him, uh, and then he just starts beating the hell out of Kingsley. Yeah. And 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 while I love the Hobgoblin, Hing- Kingsley's had this coming for for what a decade, Jr. Yeah, uh, fifteen years, years actually. Yeah, fifteen least, years. Yeah. So, so Spider Man just starts doing all the stuff he's wanted to do to him for years and years. Although in real time, in Marvel time, it's probably what like a couple of years. Yeah. Um, Something like that. Three years, maybe. Yeah. So while Spider Man is is beating the hell out of Hobgoblin and subduing him, uh, Betty notices that uh, Kingsley's wearing or. Roderick Kingsley's wearing a wig. She pulls, she pulls the wig off, and we have uh, one of the all-time greatest Hobgoblin panels yeah. on the next page when Spider-Man finally unmasks finally. the Hobgoblin for real. Not pulling it off of uh, a Flash Thompson, for example. Nope. Finally unmasks him, and it is Roderick Kingsley. Boom. And then side by side is the next panel where it's almost the exact same thing, except yeah, except scared where Betty Daniel. is pull, is de-wigging <laughs> and finding out uh, that that whole that the whole Kingsley conspiracy. Yeah. And then uh, in a change of pace, after Spider-Man wins, we see Spider-Man hauling a, a goblin away on the back of the glider. Oh mm. yeah, look I at love that. I love the poetic justice. I don't. He's never gotten to do this with Norman. No, probably not. He should. He's never gotten to do this with Norman. But I love that whole panel. Yeah, it's a great homage. It's a great it homage. really is. It really is. And you know, you had to know Peter felt so good. Yeah. Peter's like, oh my god, I actually got a clean win. This is fantastic, right? Look at look at his face. He's just ticked. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kingsley Kingsley did not take this well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Hobgoblin goes to jail. 
we see a villain go to jail, actually go through a, a trial and everything um, by Betty Brant Leeds. Yeah. There, the cover, the cover story of the Google criminal's own words, clear bugle reporter, that yeah. being Ned Leeds. Uh, we see the hobgoblin go to jail uh, and uh, and realize uh, he's made a horrible mistake. He finds a tape recorder that I believe he left for himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. To there kind is. of mock himself in case he ever failed. And yeah. They locked him back up. Uh, and so he crushes that and, and because he's still got goblin strength. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because they put him in like a, a, what looks to be a, like a normal jail cell. That's I'm like, well, that, yeah, that's not going to hold him. Uh, but it does, actually. It's quite a while before he escapes. Yeah. Um, and he crushes the recorder, screaming out, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, Peter, Mary Jane, uh, and Betty uh, you know, share some words. Betty's finally getting closure and everything. And, um, and the story ends. Uh, a fantastic story, uh, first mm-hmm. of all. Um, one that ties up things that Stern uh, should have been able to tie up uh, over 10 years before, you know, over a decade earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, clearly uh, the decision is Spider-Man, you know, look what uh, friends did 1982 to 1996. Yeah. I guess that's Roger Stern's run. Mm-hmm. It, it ends right there. So that's cool. Well, I, I, well, it's, I, I think it's kind of symbolizing the end of, uh, oh, of the Hobgoblin. I'm sorry. Hobgoblin. Yeah, the Hobgoblin. Yeah, Stern's run ended way before then. So, so yeah. that's the end of the Hobgoblin. But as we know, he came back and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, advantage, advantage Spider-Man. Uh, it's a great fight. Lots of things happening in the fight. Lots of cool stuff. A lot of little homages uh, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Peter getting hauled behind the glider and then later a goblin getting hauled behind the glider. Yeah. Um, just a just a really super fight. And and not only that, um, you know, Peter, we had a great moment where Peter and Betty were both getting a win at the same time. Yeah. Figure, figuring out Betty getting to the bottom of her of her husband's death, uh, uncovering the conspiracy between the two brothers and, and the fact that Daniel's been helping him this whole time. Uh, but also um, Peter finally closes a chapter uh, on one of his uh, – actually, I mean, in the 80s, he was his greatest villain in the 80s. I would agree. He was. He was his greatest villain. They weren't even doing that much with Doc Ock in the 80s. No. Not nearly he, that much. He ripped, ripped his Ock. arms out, and he was scared yeah. of him. McNulty has a question, though. Why is it that Tom DeFalco insisted that Roderick being the Hobgoblin may have been another swerve because he preferred Ned Leeds, you think? Mm. I think uh, DeFalco just never liked the twin brother thing. I think I read that once that he just didn't like, he just thought that was lame. He, he didn't care for the whole twin brother thing. It, made, mean, more, I, it made more sense than, than, than it suddenly being uh, Ned Leeds out of nowhere. Right. It did. Didymus says he wanted it to be Richard Fisk. I've read that well, too. Yeah. The DeFalco. Richard, that makes Rich, no sense at all. <laughs> Rich, Richard Fisk was dead by this time, wasn't he? No. No, he was still no, alive. Richard Fist was a rose. Was he still the rose at this time, though? Uh, not at this time, but when DeFalco was writing, uh, at, when DeFalco took over Amazing Spider-Man, it was his intention that uh, Kingsley be the rose and Fisk be the hobgoblin. So That actually would have made sense also. <laughs> Matt, Matt wants to know if Roderick ever learned Spider-Man's true identity. I don't think so. No, we never did. No. no. There, There's never been... Has there, Jr. Uh, a Norman versus Roderick fight as goblins? Has there? As goblins, uh, as goblins no. Yeah, because no. goblins at the gate, it was just them. 
Right. It was just them for briefly. And uh, then this whole, uh, the whole, uh, um, uh, uh, what was the last story at, uh, in the Superior Spider-Man uh, where Norman was not acting like Norman. Um, uh, but uh, it was uh, another impo- another hobgoblin imposter or something, you know, and, yeah. and yeah. So no, no, they, the, 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 the original Green Goblin and original Hobgoblin have never duped it out. Not in I don't get it. Not costume, right? <laughs> I don't get it. That'd be such a cool fight. Hmm. Well, the closest we're ever going to get to seeing both of them at the same time was that was that cool Ron French poster where one half was like yeah, Hobgoblin yeah, yeah. and the other half was Norman, was was the Green Goblin, and then you had all the old so, villains and the new villains. So uh, the fight goes to Spider-Man again, I think. Oh, George. clearly. Clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hobgoblin, I mean, Spider-Man not only uh, gets to uh, gets the win, he, he also manages to just beat the hell out of Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin mm-hmm. wasn't ready for this. Yeah. Hobgoblin wasn't ready for it. He, he wasn't ready. Spider-Man busting into the door while he was about to kill Betty threw everything off for him. And mm-hmm. all he was trying to do was trying to get away. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, just not not his day. Uh, he had years and years and years of being able to get away at the last moment. But this, I know. this, this wasn't one of them. His luck ran out on this one. And uh, yeah, once Spider-Man finally got his hands on him when they're on that glider, I mean, just just Clubber langed him. Yeah. Just Josh wants to know who is the worst Hobgoblin, Mackendale or Eric? Oh, Eric. Yeah, yeah, Phil Eric. Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Easily the worst. Yeah. Just because it, because when, when, when Slot made Phil the Hobgoblin, um, he just made him a character of the Joker. He was just a cackling jackass with no depth at all. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that goes back to Slot's uh, inability to, to, you know, like write uh, characters with depth. Brian says Ned died off panel, right? It seems like the writers weren't convinced he was Hobgoblin either. Um, Technically, well, he did. Yeah, he uh, died. He died in that Wolverine Spider-Man right, one shot. Right. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. So we had Green well, Goblin versus Hobgoblin, but it was Harry versus. Uh, Jason McAdell, you're thinking of Amazing 312 and Inferno. Spectacular and, 312. No, I'm sorry. No, no Amazing with right McFarlane. Amazing. Duh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. right. issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vinkman says, didn't the Ned Leeds thing from the people who came after DeFalco Friends were forcibly taken off the title? You know, there's a lot of convoluted history. I've read about it. I don't remember it. Um, yeah. But because uh, I know that Peter David considered it to when he wrote the 289 that was supposed to be another fake out. It really mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to be Ned, but nobody, uh, cause Jim Owsley, uh, slash Christopher priest. Yeah. Wanted the hobgoblin to be the foreigner. Oh. And Peter David put his foot down on that says, uh, you know, I created the foreigner and he's not the hobgoblin. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, 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 there, there's a story there. I just don't, I just don't remember it all. Vinkman. Matt wants to know, uh, are we sure green goblin versus hobgoblin was in an issue of spec two fifty nine? Do you, do you remember that? No, I mean, that was goblins at the gate and the green goblin in costume was, was, well, it was supposed to be Phil Yurick, but it was the, the unidentified clone. Uh, ah, there you and, go. Uh, yeah. And, uh, Norman, was that, and that, was that the gray goblin? No, 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 no. no that, that, was, that, uh, was a, that was a Stacy kid. Yeah, Greg Greg Allen. Allen was a Stacy kid, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nintendo, what's the deal with the foreigner? Cover that stuff in history and fight Friday night fights. Do we have a is there a good foreigner fight? I don't remember one. Foreigner's uh, not, all, all not that impressive. He's he's mainly a schemer. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's not uh, someone who would want to get into hand to hand with Spider Man. I don't. Think. We could we could cover that. Yeah, that could be something that could get covered on history. But Fight Club, we wouldn't focus. I don't understand why Phil Yurk turned evil and became the Hobgoblin. I don't either. It seemed that Slot just decided he wanted a new Hobgoblin. Randomly picked Phil because story didn't matter. And, and <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. true. It was it was just hammering. Car- uh, we, we've often uh, talked about the Slot era as trying to uh, trying to hammer uh, like a you know like a square into like a circle peg. Yeah. You know, like one of those children's toys. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, none of it. A lot of time. How many? I lost track. There, there, you could put you could take through that whole year or that whole that whole period where Slot was writing. You could probably take every reference to us talking about things that didn't make any sense for a character. And yeah. you probably have about six hours worth of uh, of audio. Yeah, I mean, it, it was literally just making characters fit the story he wanted to tell rather than having the story make sense. Mm-hmm. I, I well, wrote it, sending yeah. you, them to read your article, Squandered Legacy, yeah. on the crawl space. Yep. Yeah, it's become horribly dated, but uh, it's still there thanks to uh, the crawl space. Uh, still, George has pres- meticulously preserved everything. So. Spec 129, good foreigner fight. Check it out, George. I don't remember that one. That was Peter David, though. I think he was writing it at the time. McNulty says Kindred is the fifth Green Goblin. <laughs> uh, yeah, McNulty says a lot of crazy things, but I don't. Kindred is Ned Leeds. I ask uh, Ask McNulty if he's still uh, married to the idea that uh, that uh, Kindred is a chick, since everyone is, apparently is calling him. Well, last uh, night, we, what I've been reading, we did a we showed a preview of ASM uh, eight fifty one. Norman calls Kindred that boy. That boy. Hmm. So we know Kindred's a boy. It could be Peter. It could be Harry. It's, it's that's the Harry. only two boys Harry uh, Norman ever calls a boy. It's it's Harry, or it's some sort of pissed off alternate universe version of Peter that's mad about the Mephisto deal. Now there you go. Heroing. Do you guys think there's any villains outside Norman and Ock that deserve to know Peter's identity? Also, do you think that adds personal element could in, uh, increase a bad guy's villain's status? Clearly, Stegron. <laughs> Clearly, after all these years of uh, uh, of the back and forth before, between uh, between uh, Spider Man and his true arch nemesis Stegron, um, yeah, st- st- clearly Stegron should know. They should know. I think his tail should know. Peter's <laughs> Spider Man too. I mean, there's other villains that know. Morbius knows. Um, I think the symbiote still knows. No, no, I don't. The, the, the symbiote no. mind wipe too. Yeah, I never did. thought. I, I never no, thought Morbius. No, no, no. No, Eddie Brock knows Spider-Man's Peter now. Yeah, Eddie Brock yeah. knows, yeah. Yeah, and so Symbiote I, knows, yeah. Yeah, but, but uh, Carnage doesn't know. Cassidy doesn't know. Yeah. I never thought Morbius knew. Um, like Cat knows, but she's not a villain. Or right. kind of a villain. Not since her post-slot rehabilitation. I don't know what the hell she is now, to be absolutely honest. I know that uh, Spencer tried to fix her. I, well, think, yeah, I, I think largely they just want to ignore what Slot did. I would agree. That Black Cat... Min- that, it's not a mini. It's an ongoing. The black cat ongoing is really solid. It's 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 another example again of of it, of it, us scratching our heads saying this doesn't make any sense for the character. Yeah. But yet Slot wanted to do it because because yeah. he it was in his note it was in a notebook. Yeah. It was in one of the magic notebooks or whatever. Shy Town in the house. He would like another story like the Hobgoblin arc. I don't think Kindred counts as it. <sighs> well, it it is a pretty good mystery. We are wondering. Well, however, we're at the end of the tolerance. I think of finding out how who he is we, we will we will never get something because originally remember when when this first started 
you know, like at the beginning of, uh, of Spencer's run, everybody except Jr. was saying this because Jr. is a curgen, uh, curmudgeonly old man that doesn't like anything. Uh, but the rest of us were, were making comparisons to how the yeah, hobby we started uh, and saying that, you know, suddenly for the – I think I even said a couple times, I, I was like, for the first time in Spider-Man, since the Hobgoblin yeah. saga, I'm actually interested in the mystery of who somebody is. Yeah. Um, now, the problem with that is that we've gone for two years – Okay, yeah. and the hobgoblin thing, the hobgoblin thing went on for a while too. But the the thing was, Spider Man was fighting the hobgoblin while all that was going on. Yes, and 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 we didn't get that for what for two years with Kindred or or close to it. Like I mean, like a long time. He, he hasn't thrown a punch at Kindred yet. And and that's where that's where the the you know kind of comparing them becomes uh, a problem. It's not yeah. really a true analogy. Um, the mystery is, is still interesting, and you know it's led to all this intense speculation, which I really like. I like people forming theories about that because it means that Spider-Man's good enough for them to, to give a damn to think about yeah, that. Right? Yeah. But um, will we ever get another thing that was as good as the Hobgoblin? No, because any time, oh. any, any story that we want to tell like that is going to be interrupted by any number of GD event-driven comics. In, in defense things. – the Hobgoblin arc was interrupted by Secret Wars 2. Okay, so one thing? Yeah. <laughs> That's, well, yeah, I guess so. I okay. guess so. Yeah. Compared to how many times Kindred's been interrupted by crap? That's true. That's true. Uh, Josh wants to know, George, who do you hate more, clone symbiotes or the ultimate universe? I think it's ultimate for you, honestly. Um, out of all of them, it would be the ultimate universe. Yeah. Um, JR can remember the good old days of, of my intense passion of a thousand sons, mm -hmm. intense dislike of the ultimate universe. Mm -hmm. um, and, and a lot of people forget the reason. And th what's been funny, because, it, again, because I was covering uh, comics news back then. JR remembers this. And at the time that Ultimate was being sold, this is something that revisionists looking back on Ultimate don't ever want to bring up or, or they'll even outright, just outright say it's false. Not out of, because they're lying, but out of a place of ignorance. Um, Bill Jameis specifically sold it as something that they wanted to replace ultimately like like New Coke. Because, and the reason he did it was because he hated continuity so much. Mm -hmm. And and he, he called continuity a noose. JR, you remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and that was that was the goal of Ultimate Marvel was to ultimately supplant what they'd done because you had all these writers now uh, who couldn't who just could not be bothered with learning a character's history. They just could not do it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just too big of a task. Yes, yes, I love that character. Put me on it. I don't know anything about that character. I'm not. I, I can't go back and read two decades worth of that character's comics mm -hmm. because because reading two decades of that character's comics might take me a month. <laughs> you know, and so so yeah, James is like, well, we got to get rid of all this continuity. We just we can't have it. You know, we've got to we got to bring on all these fresh writers who don't want to be bogged down, who don't want to be hung by the noose of continuity. And what happened to the Ultimate Universe? It was crushed under the weight of its own damn continuity. That's mm -hmm. true. How much well, how much barf would come out if you read Ultimatium from start to finish, George? <laughs> uh, wouldn't just, wouldn't just be barf. It'd be coming yeah. out of everywhere. 
Yeah, the, the Ultimate Universe. I mean, just, I, I don't know, uh, uh, another disingenuous case of Marvel being so disingenuous and talking out both sides of its, both sides of its mouth. You know, uh, talk, you know, there, there was talk about, you know, making it more, you know, bringing, bringing comics back to the kids instead of us old, old fogies. But then yeah. the stories were sexually explicit or overly violent or, or something of that nature. And, uh, you know, so it was, so that was, that was a, a lie. You know, it was never for the kids. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then just like ultimatum or whatever, just to, you know, where, where, where the directive was just to kill a whole bunch of heroes, just to kill everybody, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, it, it was garbage. I mean, honestly, what was the, yeah. I, I have, I've just never really under, I mean, I know what Jemis wanted, but after he left uh, or was fired or, or whatever, I mean, what was the purpose of ultimate then after that? Yeah. It was, it was, it was just there for, for the movies to strip mine an idea or two here and there. Um, and, and maybe get uh, some design cues yeah. from art wise. Other mm-hmm. other than that, it was. I mean, look look at how the look look at look look at what the thing that started the whole. What I look at is uh, for the end of Ultimate was was that lobe thing was was it Ultimatum? Yeah, yeah. It, it ended it. Yeah, yeah. Now, what, what's his name? The producer wrote that one. Uh, what's his name? Je- he wrote yeah, Spider Man Blue. Jeff, Jeff Lobe. Jeff Loeb, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, thank you, Josh. We have a super chat. Thank you for the donation. He wants thank to know you. our favorite and least favorite Spider-Man story of all time. Uh, I know that I already said my favorite was the one was ASM 33, where he was buried under all the stuff and didn't give yeah. up. Uh, my least favorite clearly is uh, is uh, is uh, one more day. One more. Well, I consider one more day and brand new verse and all the all the crap that came after with slot. I consider that one big era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I tie all of that in, everything from uh, Quesada's horrible uh, mandate all the way through when Slot left. I consider that to be one ongoing nightmare. Uh, the the Falco friends right after the black suit era, uh, like 252. Well, he's, he's saying story, not era. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm just saying that the black suit, when he got the black suit from Secret Wars, Okay. Like coming off of Secret Wars up to like ASM 259, and even going into the the Fire Lord fight, just love all that stuff. That was just so cool. Uh, least favorite Shed is up there. Um, Shed was <laughs> Shed is really up there. Um, I I would agree. There's more bad stuff since One More Day to up to Spencer that. That whole run just I can't I can't name a good story. Well, I, I, I was about to say, yeah, here I go, Brad. From two thousand and eight to like to, when did Spencer come on? 20, 2018? Twenty two years ago. So twenty summer twenty eighteen. Yeah. Uh name name me one Spider Man story from that era. From the from from I think we got this way. question uh, uh, we did one, last night, yeah. Last did night. we? Did we? Yeah. And, yeah, and but you I, weren't there, George. So I, okay. I can't I can't I can't name, name one. Name I me would, one story that you looked at this and go, Oh my god, this this made my heart sing. Well, I I was excited for Spider Verse, but it 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 was not. Well, uh, it was it was cool to see all those Spider people together. I was about to say that that makes sense. You'll you'll literally buy anything. <laughs> but I don't think the story was that good, especially that wimpy Uncle Ben. That was un- and then what they did to um what they did to the Spider friends. They killed Spider Man and Firestar and Iceman. I like that the Marvel that the Marvel Wiki. Um, yeah. That the Marvel Wiki, not the official Marvel Wiki that's on their website, which doesn't, it, it, it's like a, it's a, it's nothing compared to the actual Marvel Wiki that's done by yeah. fans. Yeah. That they do not recognize those Spider Friends as being the original Spider Friends. Good, 
Thank you. They, 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 or at least I don't know if that's been corrected, but at the time that happened, uh, yeah. they, uh, they, they had them coming from an alternate version of that, of that world. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. And the only, the only good thing about that was Moreland killing off, uh, the fruit pie Spidey. Uh, they they killed the dog too. Didn't didn't Ms. Lion die in that? I mean, that's just morbid. No, no, no. It was. No, I think Ms. Lion was barking. I think it, it was. Oh. It, it was like if they did, it was the alternate alternate Miss Lion. Yeah, according to the Marvel Wiki, from like whenever that happened. God, Brad, it was why ago. do you hate sheds? Or oh, we'll get Jr.'s favorite and least favorite before I answer. Yeah, this I one. answered this yesterday. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm thinking like my Goblin stories. You know, Peter Parker '75 when Norman and. Peter threw down after Norman's return. I know I, I, I said that sometimes it depends on the mood I'm in. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm very partial to the Al Octopus War uh, because partially because uh, uh, that took place when Peter and I were around the same age. I was in college. Uh, I mean, kind of partial to some of those stories. Uh, but uh, so it depends on the mood I'm in. But, you know, I think in my articles that I wrote, Al Octopus War was like oh, my favorite great. story. That's so. great. Gary wants to know why I hate Shed so much. Um, the artwork, <laughs> the artwork, I, I like Bachalo when he was drawing X-Men. I thought that was okay. I don't think it works for Spider-Man. Uh, the lizard raped, uh, mm-hmm. someone in that story and ate his own son. Yep. Uh, the and villain, then they tried to deny it happened. They tried to yeah. deny the same lizard. as they tried to deny that uh, chameleon had sex with Michelle Gonzalez. Right. Was clearly, yeah. clearly implied by the art. Right. Yeah. Right. They were definitely implying and then tried to backtrack it, yep. you know, which it was, yeah. was just, again, and I, Terribly I, don't know, I don't know which of the two fellows here said it, but once the lizard does that, you, there's no coming back for the lizard. That was, that was, I think I, I, actually, I think it was probably both me and JR. I, yeah, yeah and I, I agree with both of these guys perfectly. The lizard doesn't come back from that no. killing his own kid and raping someone in a Spider-Man comic. That's the yeah. bad guy literally winning, and I, I just hated it. Well, I and, 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 and even like stupid ass stuff when uh, like the lizards mania was taking over people in New York, for example. Yeah. Oh, that was so dumb. You know, I and, 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 and 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 like it's like, but but see, that was part of that whole those early brand new day story. The sex, the sex, and the sexual innuendo. Yeah. Was so strong. So mm-hmm. like you know, not only do you have lizard rape, but like people being affected. You know, like the like there's a woman reporter and her cameraman, and then she says, "Take me, I'm yours." And the next picture is a bra flying in the air. Oh you yeah. Know? And it's like, I mean, no, come on. You know, that's just that's juvenile. That's oh, juvenile. Hornacek, you just mentioned the bra. Yeah, Jr. just mentioned it. Yeah. Um, yeah. they're talking about, uh, the octopus owl war really needs a reprint. I would agree. A lot of that spec stuff was great. I'm not by Matt sure why that hasn't been reprinted. That's, it's a, that's it's such a great story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, and, and just, you know, it, it, I, I just remember, uh, when it was coming out, just really can't wait till the next issue, you know? I mean, cause I, the way that Peter's relationship or Spidey's relationship with the black cat was progressing just, I mean, it's like you felt him falling in love with her. I mean, it just really, it was just kind of like, if you've ever had that feeling, and I mean, all of us guys know that feeling of when you really fall hard for somebody, you know, and you felt that. In there's, an old, of, there's an old damn moment. There's like, yeah. oh, God, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you really felt Spider-Man <laughs> falling deeply in love with Felicia. Uh, and yeah. um, the, uh, and then like the, the last issue, the issue where he, he knows that Auk and he are going to have one big blowout and that he may not survive it. So he goes and kind of makes all of his amends, 
You know, I mean, he, uh, you know, he treats his friends out to dinner. He goes to see Aunt May. He, you know, it's, it's yeah. like, he, uh, he extorts money from Jonah, from Jonah, you know, kind of like, you know, if this is my last stand, then by God, I'm yeah. going to, you know, I'm going to fix it, set everything right. But uh, it was just a great, it was just, it was just, it was a great, it was a great story. Gary wants you to do a spider history on Al Aquar. I think we have. We covered it on uh, Friday Night Fights, I know. Did, yeah, I, don't, you know, I don't think we've done it, uh, partially because it lasts over so many months. And this was before, I mean, really, it's just within the last year or a few months, I've decided to focus more on stories than yeah. just the month. So it's possible, depending upon the month that it started, that we may may touch up on it. But something like that would almost have to take two spider histories to do because it lasts about a year. You know what yeah. you could do? You know, you could do, do like a special, do like a, a spider history special <laughs> and then just cover that, that one story in its entirety. Well, that's yeah. kind of like what we did with Craven's last hunt. We did yeah. like, uh, we did it two months and it they was just totally that do story. It. Yeah. Just, so, do a, just do a special, just cover that story. Yeah. And, and I don't think those did. issues are up on Marvel unlimited. So that would be limited with visuals, but, yeah. uh, that, that's just a strange story. I mean, strange story, but that's just strange. Why that's not been uh, other than the essentials. The black and white essential. Oh, Hornacek says Spidey drives a train at Doc Ock, who tears it in two. It's epic. I remember yeah, that one. It's a great fight, yeah, you know. And, and then when and then when Spidey beats him, you know, Spidey just basically stands up and he basically, you know, said, you know, he says, obviously it's PG language, you know, but you know, f you and the horse you rode in on. I've kicked your ass all these years, and you, you crawl out from whatever hole you want to crawl into. I'll Kick it again. And it's yeah. one of those, yeah. it's one of those times where you can point out, you know, how people always say, well, nothing really changes in comics. That changed Dr. Octopus and his it made him scared. Like, he was a coward. He turned him into a coward. It did. Didymus wants to know your thoughts on Sin's past. Uh, I, just, I, I replied to him back in chat and said, oh, I, I didn't, didn't care. Really, for I, it. I, I didn't, I didn't yeah. care for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we take a couple more questions before we wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. We still got four minutes left. Yeah, these, these guys are coming in hard, hard and heavy. Instead of uh, making sure all the toys are put back in the box for the next generation of rears, these writers insist on making these characters mature to match their adult tastes, says Vinkman. That's true. Boy, I, I, I tell you what, with Shed and with that uh, that Van Lenthe story with Michelle Gonzalez, mm -hmm. uh, that really hammered through to me how much I hate the, the just the the whole um wanting to use rape as like part of a storyline i hate that i really hate it you know i, I, I cannot stand one it. of the first rapes i remember in spider comics is that black cat kevin smith mini yeah uh, uh, well, i, I before, hated that before then you had what happened to uh to um uh happened to carol over in avengers oh, oh jim uh, shooter a avengers yeah. 200 that was that was very controversial oh that was awful yeah yeah, okay. although that was, I mean, it was, it was different, but at the same time, it's still the same sort of violation. Um, and I loved when, in that moment in Amazing, uh, or in Avengers Annual Number 10, uh, which was the first appearance of Rogue, by the way, yep. uh, that, uh, that Carol kind of went off on all of them for it. You know, it was like, none of, you know, none of you tried to step, none of you could see what was going on. Yeah. And kind of shamed them for it. And I was like, yeah, good for you, Carol. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I hate, I hate, hate rape as, a, as any kind of plot device. I just, and I cannot stand it. Particularly as a motive too, you know, for yeah, example, no doubt. you know, Kevin Smith in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, again, you brought up the Kevin Smith, the evil that men do, yeah. uh, where, you know, uh, the, 
black cat being raped in college was a motive for her becoming the black cat, yeah. which was no, not. I mean, it, it was it's because her, her she dad. Had, yeah, she had daddy issues. Yeah, yeah. She, she was trying to get. She was literally trying to break her dad out of jail. Yeah, yeah. and 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 just he was a cat burglar, and it was kind of all it was around him, you know. Right. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, it had to be. Of course, she had to be raped, you know. And and that's kind of a. Uh, a philosophy for probably a number of female villains or heroes or whatever they were raped, you know, not because they had any principles or not because, you know, they felt it was the right thing to do or avenging a loved one or something like that was. So yeah, yeah, there's a, uh, um, a, an obsession with, with that. No doubt. I want to thank Brian Taylor for a super chat. Thank you for the donation. He's a longtime listener for years. It's his first live show. I just oh, wanted wow. to say great show. Brian, thanks for uh, joining in. Watch our uh, social media. I often list at what time these are going to be so you can follow them. So uh, search on Facebook uh, and Twitter, Crawlspace101 on Twitter, Spider-Man Crawlspace on Facebook. And you can tell when these live shows are on. You can be on a chat. Thank you for the donation, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Does George dislike Deliverance? That's a good movie. The, the is he talking about something Spider-Man related, or is he well, talking? That, about no, that's a Ned Beatty rape. I think we're down the. Ra- <laughs> oh, because of what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, that's a good movie, but it's a, it's a good movie. But the, I mean, like that's a yeah. it's it's an uncomfortable. It's a, it's a it's very horribly uncomfortable, uncomfortable scene. Yeah. Um, but I, honestly, I don't like it. I don't like it in movies either. No, it's no. I don't. Hornets, but, but it's just it's tiring as though a motivation for a woman's action is that's the only thing. Yeah. You know that it, it reduces a woman to an object. Well, she's only she's only important to the story if she's been sexually violated. You know, yeah. or that's the only reason she's motivated to do anything is because she's sexually yeah. violated. Yeah. Hornacek so. brings up the editorial thing after that shed thing that it didn't oh. happen. If you think it did, that says more exactly. about you. Yeah, that yeah. That, that, was, I, that, that was bad PR it back was. in the day. Yeah. Wacker knew they they'd effed up. Yeah, but, but they can't say they can. They can't come out and say, you know what, you're right. Our bad. We won't do that going forward. We we've learned our lesson. We shouldn't have done that. Yeah. No, just oh, that's, he he actually blamed the readers for that. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I remember like, that. Yeah, was like, if that's what you took from that. That says I I think what he said was like if if that's what you got from that, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. then that's that's on you or whatever. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, no, dude, no. Clearly, yeah. this is what you were yeah. implying. Yeah. Uh, By the way, your, your relative Kyle. Is following us on Twitter, loving the show. Kyle, thank you yeah. for sticking around. You get thanks, buddy. You get to see George more than just at Thanksgiving now. <laughs> there's, there's part of me that wants to tell Kyle it's fast as bedtime, but I can't because he's a grown ass man now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh let's see. No, I mean just going back to the sex thing. I mean, you know, you have the full panel. <laughs> I know. But no, I mean that, but that was the that was the, that was the, the my shock face. JR goes back yeah. to the next part. Yeah. <laughs> the, the last panel of one issue is Peter walking in on uh, Aunt May and uh, George, you know John Jameson Senior. Oh, I mean, just it yeah. was just an obsession with the writers at that time. That was you true. Know, you know, just kind of that, uh, like, oh boy, you know, and and how old and dated is that trope? You know, of a, of a person walking in on their parent, a parent, you know, just awful stuff, awful stuff. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. you imagine the Steve Ditko Aunt May being in that scene? The Aunt the Aunt May that Steve Ditko drew. And Peter walks in on that. Not I, not a lot of lube. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and you, you know what's funny, for Douglas? You, asked for you wanted to go there. And, and what, what's funny is that J. Michael Straczynski <laughs> did well, did kind of did the same thing, but he made it a lot funnier 
he made it funny because Mary Jane mentioned it about Peter, uh, uh, Aunt May and Jarvis, you know, and, you know, yeah. didn't have to say anything, but just Mary Jane going, Aunt May and Jarvis. And then Peter, shut up. Ah, yeah, ah. Yeah. Oh, you guys are hysterical. I, tell, I was about to tell you, the, the, more, the more years go on, the more you tend to, for all of his faults and other issues, uh, uh, Straczynski, Straczynski's writing. You we, know? We, we routinely uh, point out, even though uh, there are stuff, there's stuff about this, the Straczynski run that I flat out hate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really is. There's, there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to writing the marriage, yeah, no one, no one has, has gotten it has gotten it as close to how it should be, I think, than Straczynski did. Mm-hmm. And, and I think and, specifically and, one of the main references of that is at the airport with Dr. Doom. That's <laughs> you, You've mentioned that several times, and I would agree with you. That's not one a, of, not only one. that, but Straczynski looked at Mary Jane and, and was one of the few writers who looked at Mary Jane and said, no, she's she's not a sex symbol. Good. But, you know, speaking speaking of which, I mean, I, I had forgotten I was going to mention this, but one of the fun things about Hobgoblin Lives, the miniseries, is that Mary Jane fulfills a function. She she asks the questions the reader would ask. Yeah. And Peter tells her, you know, Peter educates the reader by educating her. You know, so she provides, you know, it's it's she's not just the sex toy thing or whatever. You know, it's like she's a, a viable character. Uh, and, uh, and, and the, and Stern uses her to educate the reader. So, I mean, that was a function that she served, you know, and Brian, our <laughs> new poster gross. <laughs> how do you know that? Uh, I, well, don't answer that, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I say, how do you have this kind of actually though? I, no, uh, it's true. I, I think it is actually true. It is true. Yeah. I yeah, don't, yeah. I don't doubt it, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's not something we needed to know. Yeah. You Josh know. Nelson, thank you for the donation. Super chat. What are your thoughts on the entirety of the Harry Osborne saga? Are we talking like since he was introduced to today or what that, are we talking 60 years of the Harry Osborne saga? Is that what we're talking about or what our thoughts are on Harry Osborne? Um, I mean, Harry should have stayed dead. Harry should have never come back. You agree with that, Jr. Yeah, I think that's true. Harry was particularly once Norman came back. When Norman came back, then Harry's arc made. I mean, you know, it's kind of it was one of those things that, uh, you know, when Harry first died, you know, it was like, oh great, you know, this here we are killing another legacy established character. You know, we're killing off Peter's supporting cast and everything. Where do we go from here? But then when Norman came back, I mean, I think it really did make Harry's story it kind of completed his arc and made his story tragic, real more tragic, you know, because then that story then formed more of Peter and Norman's conflict. Um, But, uh, but then of course, you know, bringing him back and then not using him. (laughs) Oh yeah. Do you you still remember that horrible story that Mackie did and that one annual, uh, Mary Jane was just, uh, got, back from being abducted and Peter was wanting to get with her. Yep. Yep. No, I'm talking about the one with Harry where Harry came back, but Harry was actually like some sort of cybernetic hollow Harry. Oh, hollow Harry. (laughs) Well, that, that was the one was it wasn't he on a a monitor and he was like, I'm behind the parents. Is that what you're referencing? No, I mean, it was okay, like, was it was like, so he was a hologram who in like a warehouse or something. Yeah. Oh, he was a I don't remember that one very well. Yeah. It was Good. an annual and it was a <laughs> hologram where he actually interacted with Normie 
and Spider-Man. He was oh, all right. these scientists had taken all these bits of information about Harry, put it in a computer, and it created uh, an AI of Harry. Uh, yeah. Someone watched the holodeck episode of Next Generation. Sounds like that was uh, <laughs> and it was weird. It was like Harry was suddenly acting like Jimmy Olsen from Superman. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, Kyle says he's assuming we won't discuss comic book sex at Thanksgiving. <laughs> you never know. We're safe. Oh, we're <laughs> safe. Thanksgiving's, just, where, Thanksgiving's where the family talks about politics. Right? I, I just checked with Jesus, and he said we're safe. <laughs> Actually, we don't talk about politics uh, in our family, uh, which is probably pretty good. I, I think it's probably how we maintain Adam, the peace a lot of the time. Oh, you don't have any weird, you don't have any weird uh, uncles that come and uh, you know start talking about uh, uh, kinds of strange things. Uh, you're usually grumbling about football. Josh is talking about the JMD Mateus saga from the '90s. Is that what the Harry Osborne saga is? What he's talking about? I, I never really thought of it as a saga. Oh, I guess he's talking about, you know, that the Sal Buscema that led the, the stories that DeMatteis and Sal did up to oh, like 200. Like vermin, with like vermin and all that stuff. Yeah, like from spec 200 going back, I think is what Josh is talking about. I know how JR feels about vermin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, Harry just never struck me as a viable supervillain because he was more a screwed up kid than anything else. Oh, um, oh, you, you talking about leading up to Aunt May's death. Is that what you guys are talking about? Or, no, or he's after? talking about Harry's death in spec 200. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, I liked uh, Jay Mateus. I did Jay too. I, I didn't have a problem with his run. Although I think a lot, I think when I think back to a lot of his run, I think I probably think back to Sabu Samoart. <laughs> Yeah, I do too. And so, so that probably uh, that probably Spec annual sense. fourteen. Adam says what George is referencing. Yeah, it was bad. Hologram Harry. No, 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 no. Teamed up with hologram Tupac. No, 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 no. Spec annual. Spec annual fourteen is when Peter goes into uh, an old goblin hideout and puts on a, a headset and Harry's memories flood him you know and he sees harry's memories that's spec yeah. annual 14 okay. uh this uh the hollow harry was like uh annual 2001 or something yeah like I, I i wanted to say it was asm too i don't really remember no. i don't remember Wait, yeah, yeah we, we, we try to block we try to block it out of our memories josh is says correct or he's talking about that uh Demetrius Salby Simmer run leading up to Spec 200 where Harry dies. Okay, so I think it's around 190 is when he starts. Yeah, I, I, getting, I, I, going did crazy. I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't care. Why not? Well, again, it's one of these days we'll do the Child Within. I hated the Child Within. Again, vermin, right? But but okay, let's get rid of the whole. <laughs> let, let's get rid of the whole vermin thing, okay? But first of all, it's like Peter. Peter is spinning the whole thing. Why did my parents leave me? Why did my parents abandon me? Acting like this abandoned child. That's not what happened. That isn't what happened. And Peter never acted that way before. That was just oh. some kind of deep hole that Demetrius decided to to drill. Uh, what do you mean? Explain myself. I am. Yeah, yeah. No, no, correct. I mean, get, getting uh, getting murdered is definitely different than abandoning your kid. Exactly. And so the whole idea yeah. was abandonment. You know, Harry was abandoned by his father, and yeah. so Peter was abandoned by his parents. And it's like, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't he abandoned. Never, he was, never yeah. had abandoned. Peter until then never had abandonment issues. But then the whole and then like the then the robot parents thing you know, just. No, he didn't. It was yeah. his, he always knew his parents got killed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he knew they died in service to their country too. Yeah, you know that's yes. the thing. They were it's heroes. Like, 
Exactly. So there was just no, there were no, and so, you know, DiMatteis invented that whole abandonment issue story. And then, but again, again, outside of Ehrman, the child abuse thing. Okay. You know, it's like anytime somebody did a child abuse story, they felt like you just got the feeling they were writing, like, I'm doing something important here. I'm bringing light on child abuse. You know, I am saying something, you know, it's like, okay, you know, we get it. It's bad. It's bad. Like Danny Curry would say, Mm -hmm. it's bad, bad. Uh, But, um, (laughs) You know, you, you say Danny like, Crane Shatner is that what you're talking about? Uh, no, Danny Carvey doing George Bush. Yeah, Danny Carvey doing Bush. Oh, I thought you, you said Danny Crane. That, no, that, no, that, no, that little I, old thing there. I knew what you were. I knew what you were doing, Jr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like so many writers when they do those child abuse stories. It was like nobody else has ever done a child abuse story. I'm going to do one, and yeah. you know, and I'm going to say something really important here. And that's kind of that. But there's to me, there's a lot of things wrong with the child with that. Wouldn't be prudent. So, yep. Okay. I, wouldn't be prudent at this mm-hmm. juncture. Wouldn't be prudent. George, do you think uh, most <laughs> stories are ruined by editors over writers? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord God, yes. I, I, I look back and think of how lucky we are for the 80s that, that it wasn't worse than it was. Yeah. Uh, especially when you when you read about a lot of the conflicts that some of the editors had with the, with the writers. Uh, let's see. Thousand points of light. <laughs> Thousand points of light. The weird thing is that James DiMatteis wrote fun stories and team up. Nobody starting there would think that the writer would make Spider go an emo crybaby. <laughs> Josh says, so if you didn't like the child then, what are your thoughts on spec 189 and 200? Yeah. <sighs> the old, the old need, man, Josh, need, the old man is deflating. <laughs> as we well, 189 was sort of okay because I think that was the story with Harry and the, and uh, the and dinner. The the dinner, no, 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 the, the dinner downstairs and uh, with Molten Man and Liz and Normie. And, you know, that was okay because, you know, Spidey's finally had enough, you know, and um, clocks Harry. Just, I'm sick of you effing with it, my head and scaring everybody and threatening, making, you know, d- destroying your wife and child. And he just clocks him. Uh, yeah. AM2, uh, Spectacular 200, I, I kind of liked in a way because it showed that how evil Norman was. Mm-hmm. Because even though Norman was dead, you know, and Harry was looking at a picture of him. And he was ranting and raving about how there was a newer, deadlier goblin in town. And it's all because of you, dad, you know, and, and I'm just, and I was, I remember when I first read it and I was like, it's like, God, this Norman is such a bad dude. He's dead. He's been dead for 20 something years. And his, his evil is just so his, his evil is just so pervasive that even yeah. in years after his death, he was still ruining lives. So, yeah. you know, Gary wants to know, are we taking November off? No, we record fight club and uh, history two at a time. So we don't, we don't have to meet every month to do these. So I have two in the can. Yeah, so that, that's why if you go back and like look at what we were saying at the beginning, we were talking like it was from November. Yeah. But in reality, we, we record them two at a time. Yeah, two at a time. So uh, Adam also says Spider November is Spider Jeopardy, which I think we have a date. Mm-hmm. Uh, save the date. Okay, we'll save the date. I pray that Ashley doesn't go into labor. Yeah, we're, we're wanting to do the date early in November, so it's close sooner than later. So in the beginning of November... We're going to do Spider Jeopardy. I need to talk to these two fellows about something that just came up, and we will uh, advertise the date coming up. But, uh, yeah, it's going to happen. 
But remember, we are still taking those Patreon donations for the Ashley Goes Into Labor episode. Jack will uh, be holding his webcam. <laughs> Actually, I need to I need to get involved. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Ashley posted the link because we asked her about, like, are they going to do, like, a baby uh, gift link or, or whatever they call that? Uh, I, I, a registry. I I yeah, yeah, like yeah. When you get married, is it called uh, a registry? And, and, they, and they did. Uh, I saw that. I didn't see it. And then work happened, and I completely forgot it. I uh, have to so, find where that is. Yeah. Uh, JMD created the White Rabbit. I like White Rabbit. I did too. She even has a Marvel legis- uh, legend. The, the cool thing about White Rabbit being a um, uh, a D-list villain is that, number one, she revels in being a D-list villain. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love it. Number two, uh, she is actually very evil. Uh, a lot of people kind of – it gets uh, lost in the goofiness, but part of her backstory was that she – she killed a lot of like uh, sugar daddies that she married to get, oh. like, to get their money. Uh, so she is, she's straight up bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I've always liked white rabbit. She's Josh, always been fun. Josh says you've uh, satisfied my curiosity, JR for now. Uh, let's see. <laughs> we should do election night spider jeopardy. No, we're not going to do that on a Tuesday. No, we are not. <laughs> no. So do it on election night. So we'll have something to distract us. That's funny. Uh, was why, well, wherever it was kind of like, absolutely no way. My wife, if I try to hide, my wife will be giving me 30 second updates on how the voting is going. <laughs> why, wherever it was kind of like Harley Quinn before Harley Quinn. I could see that. Kind of. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Adam. Kinda. Yeah, I yeah, mean, she yeah. wasn't a sidekick to anybody, no. um, but she, uh, yeah, she was just, she was, she was kind of like a sixties Batman villain. Yeah. I'll give you that. From That's the really old TV show. show. She yeah. she really was. She really, But I just, I like her. She's a, she's fun every time she pops up. I've never seen her pop up and be like, oh, great. We got another yeah. dealer selling. I'm like, oh, cool. It's White Rabbit. White oh, Rabbit's yeah. always fun. Exactly. Yeah. And there was a recent, um, when we did Spider Satellites recently, um, I think it was one of the random tie-ins. I think it was Absolute Carnage or something. And Peter David uh, did a story with White Rabbit. And if you remember when the symbiote escaped uh, the Baxter building in the eighties, it got out of that tube and it went slinking around and then it jumped on a dude and it was just a random dude. And Peter David took a story of that dude and uh, told a story and white rabbit was involved with it. So it was a Peter David white rabbit story. So to be honest, I'm just glad white rabbit hadn't been wiped out and in, in any of the numerous kill a dozen villains at one yeah, time yeah. kind of things. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I hate by the way. Yeah. Uh, I just don't get these writers who think that it's cool to kill off characters, particularly characters you didn't create. Well, it was, it was mm-hmm. interesting. The first time it happened was scourge and captain America, but then, Oh like, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but then that stuff just sort of kept happening and I'm like, eh, maybe we stop this. It, it's fun to see these people pop up every now and then. I would agree. Yeah. You know, let's have a green goblin versus doc Ock debate. No, I think we, I think we have that quite often. <laughs> we, well, I mean, we've covered that. It was, uh, what a couple years ago, wasn't it? When that mini came out, wasn't it a mini or was it? No, it, it was like a two part story or whatever, but who wrote it, that? Though? Was it slot? Uh, I don't no, it. no, but it was, it, 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 like it was superior team up or something. Cause it, cause it seemed like we enjoyed it. Wasn't it friends, right? penciling it i think i think it was friends penciling it. yeah but it was a superior 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 team up, team up issue i think yeah. oh okay 
I mean, it was uh, interesting, here, but I didn't like Doc. I didn't like the idea of Norman giving Doc Ock's girlfriend AIDS. I just kind of like, yeah, oh, that was weird. Yeah, yeah. Do you because think the whole idea of her getting AIDS, I mean, and dying of AIDS, was just the random, the randomness of it, and that Doc yeah. Ock couldn't save her. Yeah. And uh, everyone then, has AIDS. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then to turn it into you know a devious plot by the Green Goblin instead of a, you know, makes it less of a, a tragedy. So you think uh, here wants to know would Peter you think uh Peter and MJ would still get together if Peter wasn't Spidey? I'd like to think so. Um I, I think it's plausible, yeah. It's plausible because of the character of Peter. I mean it's of the character of Peter Parker. I mean I think have, I think the char- it came out. I mean I think his character came out more forcefully and earlier because he was Spider Man. Uh but uh you know it, it, it goes back to which I thought was stu- a stupid statement that, you know, Emma Stone made that, uh, oh, well, you know, Gwen Stacy loves Peter Parker, but Mary Jane, lo- or because he's Peter Parker, and Mary Jane loves Peter Parker because he's Spider-Man. It's like, no, that that's not right. The hero yeah. is still Peter Parker. And, okay. In fairness to Emma Stone, she's just regurgitating what somebody told her. Mm-hmm. Well, still and, and, Yeah. Yeah. You know, but but it's like, okay, yeah, it, that's one of the reasons Mary Jane loves Peter, but Peter Parker is the hero. Spider-Man is just the form is how he's chosen to represent it. Yeah, that's but true. Peter Parker is the hero and she loves Peter Parker. You know, if he called himself the Hornet or, uh, or, uh, well, three other guys, you know, <laughs> prodigy. Oh, and also, 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 what have, also, also what you have to remember is that, uh, up until parallel lives, that was the case, you know, yeah, because we, 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 we didn't know that she knew. That, that he had been Spider-Man. Well, that's got to be one of her main attractions at, with that retcon. She looks out the window, and he's coming up out of the... Yeah. Well, that's, that's why she was fascinated by him. Yeah, she, that's, that's, why the, she that's could, the attraction. That's why the, she couldn't stay away from him, but that's not what keeps her with him all this time. Yeah, she. You know? I mean, she, she had liked Peter as a person before then, way before then. But it just she knew what kind of man he was in... The fact that he would do that at first, it was yeah. kind of frightening to her, you know, which it would be to anything, you know, here's yeah. some guy, you know, yeah. here's this little nerdy guy, you know, walking around with glasses or whatever. And, you yeah. know, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, at nighttime, he puts on a costume and he goes, he beats the crap out of supervillains, you know, and, uh, it was, a, it was, a I, I, yeah, I, I think that was an interesting, but no, I think she's, I think she knows it's the type of man Peter Parker is. He just happens yeah. to choose Spider-Man as a means of expressing that. Who do we hate more, Venom, Carnage, or Jackal? I got to go Jackal. I got to go Jackal. Venom has at least been interesting uh, yeah. in his history, like when he first started before he became brains, brains, brains. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carnage was interesting when he first showed up. He was uh, he was an obvious character. They were trying to like, oh, look, he's like the Joker. Yeah. Um, but um, at least they have – both Venom and Carnage have at least been interesting at some point. I cannot say that for the Jackal. The Jackal has always been – worthy of our scorn and derision. Yeah. He's always been silly and stupid. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, I thought he was interesting the first time he was used, but yeah. ever since it, I mean, he kind of, in a way he was kind of a one note character. He exists for a specific purpose. Uh, but it, the, the thing is the Jackal that they brought back is not the Jackal. That was the Joker. <laughs> yeah. It's not the original Jackal. It's not, yeah. it's not the, it's not miles Warren. It's not the miles Warren character. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, but but my problem with Carnage has always been if you get you make a villain so disgusting, and I know that this this has been debated like the why the Batman doesn't kill the Joker type thing, 
But, you know, you, they just overdo it with him being the cackling serial killer, you know, and going out and butchering and killing. It's like after a while, the hero just looks irresponsible. I mean, I'm sorry about whatever motives or, I mean, morality the hero has. If you make a villain so disgusting, you make the hero look look um, ineffective and irresponsible by either not killing him or not letting somebody else kill him. With the, I, I would agree with the not letting somebody else kill him, but I, with Batman, it's a little different for me because uh, as, as someone who's read Batman, a lot of Batman back in the day, uh, I've always considered that Batman uh, – well, he doesn't kill anybody, number one. But number two, uh, he, he specifically – as bad as Joker gets, he deep down feels responsible for, for the Joker even existing. Mm, yeah, and, and I've always maintained that because uh, he was the Batman was the one that put on you know the cape and the cowl and said you know I, literally his mo starting off with I have to terrify the bad guys. Yeah, and it, and it worked so well with the Joker. Joker jumped into chemicals to get away from his crazy ass, <laughs> and that and that created the Joker. So I've always looked at that as. Uh, I wrote a psychology paper about that uh, back oh, that's in college cool. uh, about uh, – I, I was writing it about the duality of man being represented in different things, and, uh, including uh, uh, Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football huh. uh, and um, that's cool. the, uh, and Wally Coyote and the Roadrunner mm. and also Batman and Joker. Wow. And, 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 and it's a yin and yang thing. One can't exist without the other. Yeah. And uh, But I pointed out – I was like Batman – deep down, Batman feels responsible for, yeah. for Joker. Like every time Joker kills somebody – I think Batman takes that a lot harder than Batman usually lets on, like yeah. like or, or tell other people because Batman knows I'm responsible for that. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, I think maybe you know, I've always I've always wanted to see something like, or actually I wanted to write it for a while, uh, where Joker actually got cured. Like there was some sort of breakthrough therapy or something, hmm. like where he got legitimately cured, not as a plot device. Is that like, isn't that what White Knight was about? I I don't know. I didn't read it. But uh, where, 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 you know, like, and then like how, because number one, he's cured. Number two, he's never going to see the light of day. Mm. They they can't let somebody like that back out on the street. There's just no way. Uh, But at the same time, I I wanted to show like how Batman would probably become like his biggest proponent on rehabilitating. Oh, that'd be cool. You know, and and would probably out of anybody else would probably have the biggest vested interest in Joker being cured. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, that could be interesting, but that's why I don't think Batman kills a joke. Answer your question, Jackal and Jackal out of Georgia, me carnage for Jr. Cause I remember you hate carnage. Yeah. Again, just the yeah. overuse and, and he wasn't an original character anyway. Again, yeah. it was like, he was modeled after the Joker. Haha, uh-huh, This guy's the Joker. Uh, mm-hmm. and he steals and he steals Venom's motif. He, yeah. He, he's like yeah. a bad, he's like, a, he's like a bad Xerox twice done. Yeah. yeah. We have six minutes until midnight That's at midnight. We're going to call it. All right. Uh, so get those questions in quick. We'll answer them for another six minutes because us three old guys want to go to bed. <laughs> I still have to work on D. I still have to work on D and D after this. Man, uh, let's see. Do I have any more questions coming in? By the way, thank you all for staying up so late. We've been broadcasting since seven p.m. Uh, it's now nearly midnight. Not me. Uh, no, you haven't. In JR have. Well, we were just warming up, warming it up. We were the opening act, yes. Yeah, we uh, just were. The opening. Which we were villain just... reveal in Spider-Man was done the best? There's been a lot of them. Norman Osborn, maybe? I mean, Green Goblin? No, I wouldn't say that was the best reveal, to be honest. I think... Uh, Hobgoblin you know, wasn't. Well, it no, Hobgoblin was, yeah. 
Boy, that's a good question. I think it's like, Norman. No, but see, when Norman was first revealed, and this is a story, this is something I, I wrote about when I was complaining about Venom, and then I kind of wrote my Venom, oh, yeah, I kind of get it now article. Uh, Norman hadn't been in the issue. I mean, Norman hadn't been there that long. It was yeah, kind of like, that. Th that was kind of what I was thinking. So if you're going into Spider-Man code, you know, you've seen the Green Goblin since issue number 14. You're wondering who this guy is. And all of a sudden, it's a guy who just showed up. Oh, almost yeah. literally. I'll give you that. You know, you that. I mean, what, what was Norman? Harry's first appearance was like 31. Norman's was what, 37 or something? You know, so it's like, who the hell is this guy? Um, uh, boy, but no, that's a. That's a uh, there, there's not many to pick from if you don't go Norman. Really? If you don't go Goblin. Goblin <laughs> Kindred? I don't, uh, was Kindred going to be it? Uh, <laughs> facade, clearly. Oh, oh first, uh, there we go. There we go. Josh says you should read Scott Snyder's Batman. I I don't know if you'd like it, George. Honestly, I've I've heard enough about it. No, I, I yeah. That that's past for me, dog. Uh, MJ versus Gwen. Who's better, Mary Jane? Oh, Mary Jane. I think you'll hear Mary Jane all around. I was about to say that's like asking a uh, Ginger and Mary Ann question. The answer is always Mary Ann. Which you know? Spider-Man is the least evil and most evil? Norman and Felicia, I think. I, I, a case can be made for Dr. Octopus being the least evil and most evil. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. What's your answer, JR? Well, I mean, I think Carnage is more evil than Norman. I don't think Norman would get his jollies going around butchering children and families. Or, Norman, I, I don't know. Norman, Norman sometimes does get his jollies by killing people. Uh, but I just don't know that he... Again, no. Car no, I think Carnage is is worse. I think the Carnage most, is worse. Most. Brian wants to know who's the most underutilized Spider-Man villain. Stegron. Stegron, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's because a lot of writers just don't. They're 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 terrified of of getting that yeah. wrong. I mean, it's, it's such a high profile villain uh, that they look at that and they're like, I don't want to be the guy that screwed up Stegron. I don't want to be that guy. I I always thought the spot had potential. I think the spot is often used as a punching bag, but I think spot is visually cool and could be a better utilized villain. But, uh, how would you fix the MCU Spider-Man? I don't know, man, that thing's pretty much messed up. You can't fix that. <laughs> you can't. Well, fix first that. of all, I, ignoring, not, having, not ignoring having anybody, any other superheroes in it for one. Uh, but that's not going to happen. Either. Not mentioning Tony Stark in another movie would be a, a, a stepping stone. Yeah, they've already messed that thing up. I, from everything I'm reading about this new one, it looks like I'm, I'm hearing that Toby may come back. Toby and Andrew Garfield. So, they're, because the now, rumor. They're, now it feels like they're just aping what DC's doing. Oh, bringing Michael Keaton back for Batman. Yeah, I could see that. It, it, and, it, and honestly, it, it, it well, it's not surprising. It's not surprising. It's Amy Pascal. She doesn't have an original boner in her body. Yeah. Uh, but it, uh, it, 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 that's what it feels like to me. It feels like, well, DC's doing it. Let's do it too. Um, and just because, you know, I, 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 they're so creatively bankrupt at Sony. And it's, it's, just, it's just an ugly thing. Sure. And honestly, I, honestly, seeing having Toby come back in the same movie where we've got Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro is not going to get me into a theater. Yeah. Or or I, th I take it back. It's not going to get me to watch it on Disney Plus when they release it on Disney Plus because they can't. Well, they won't. It. It's Sony. Or not, or not Disney Plus. Yeah, Sony even have something like that? 
No, who, they don't. Who would even care? If somebody didn't know that? <laughs> It'd be on Netflix. That's where Spider-Verse is. Yeah, I'm about to say, well, they better yeah. pray the movie theater or, or all this COVID nonsense is done and the movie theaters pick back up. Uh, Regal just closed. Like, I know. Oh, my Here, God. Like a huge amount of theaters. Matt Bird, what's your guy's favorite side job of Peter besides being Spider-Man? Photographer. He has teacher. 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 High school science teacher. Yep. Yep. Mm. That's, the, that's the best job he could have ever had. Yeah. Which uh, Brad disagrees with because Brad makes him look old. You are old. You and your pumpkin. Your pumpkin is rotting in front. What's going to decay first? Your pumpkin there's, or you? There's, there's, there's teachers in their early 20s for crying out loud, Brad. It is true. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. My, my, my daughter's second grade teacher was 23 years old. We used to we used have a lot of them when I was in middle school, and we, we thought about them a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I remember, yeah, see, I remember, uh, you know, like, for example, when uh, I was in eighth, you know, years later when I was an adult and I would come across some information or whatever, and I would find out how old a teacher was when I was actually in school. And it's like, God, that was what he was, he was only this uh, no. about. No. I thought he yeah. was old. There was, uh, back when I was in middle school, JR needs to set him on fire and throw him. Back when I was in middle school, <laughs> back when I was in middle school, there was, oh, God, a, he's uh, looking. Never mind. I, I get no, it. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm, but go I'm ahead. To talk. All right. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, so back in middle school, uh, when I was in eighth grade, we had uh, uh, an English teacher uh, named Miss Norman, uh, and she had to be maybe 22, 23 at the oldest. Um, and she was she was insanely pretty. I mean, she was very beautiful. Um, and by very beautiful, I meant that, you know, when you're a 13 year old boy, you, you know, how you, yeah. So every day. <laughs> We would. I didn't have Miss Norman. I had Miss Washington. Miss Washington was cool, uh, uh, but uh, but Miss Washington was. Um, it was weird. She had kind of a reputation for being like the strict, mean teacher. But she and I got along fine. And I was like a big class clown. But I think like we understood each other on some kind of level. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, like Boy Meets World. You know, like uh, with that guy and his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every day, me and my friend Miguel and probably half half a dozen other dudes would be waiting there because Miss Norman had the class right next to Miss Washington and, and she was always coming off of like her her free lunch period. So she was always walking from the break room to her to her, uh, her class and she had to pass by Miss Washington's class. And so, you know, because the teachers, they stand out in the hall. That's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And and so every, every damn day, we would all be out in front of Miss Washington's class so we could see Miss Norman walk from the break room, pass right by us, and go to her classroom. And every day, we'd all be like, hi, Miss Norman. <laughs> and, you know, and then she would go to her class. And she, she was always very sweet. And she would say, hey, wow. hey, boys, how's it yeah, going? Yeah, like she and didn't then, know what was going on. Yeah, right, she knew, yeah. And, and, and then, and then Miss Washington, like after after Miss uh, Miss Norman had passed, Miss Washington would be like, all right, I pick your jaws up the floor and go sit down. <laughs> Bunch of Cretans, get in there. Uh, Hornacek wants to know how P- Peter would handle being a teacher on Zoom. I don't, I don't think he'd. I don't think he'd do very well. Maybe he'd hold the phone I, I, with his web sling. I, I, that wouldn't look good. I think Peter has a basic working knowledge, like any person would have. Like, how to use a how to use a computer. The deal with Spider Man, though, he, with a photographer, he has a he can he can adjust his work schedule a little bit better. Like with a teacher, you got to be there from yeah. eight thirty to, yeah. to four, and, and Peter can't do that. Yeah, I. But it, it did. I, I, it did make sense. I'm with Jr. on this one. It makes the most sense for a character. Number one, who? Uh, well, I, I. I take back the second part. I was going to say, but like, who? Who is it? Interested in, in science as he is, 
uh, it, it just it does make sense for him to become a teacher. And I always liked that because, like, I thought, well, this could open up a lot of room for stories where, you know, uh, he's you know, through the kids, through the kids that he has in the class. And it did. We saw that. Uh, and um, but I, 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 what was I going to say? I was almost going to say um, for somebody who whose biggest thing is responsibility, you know, teacher is the obvious choice. But that's not true. Uh, he could have become like an EMT or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that would be different. That we went three minutes over what we said, guys. <laughs> uh, thank you for watching. We could probably go another half hour, but I, we're going to pass out. I'm, I'm getting tired. We're, we're uh, done. We're done. Uh, my, pump, I, my, pump, my pumpkins are getting soft. You're going you're gonna to light it on fire and set the smoke alarm off. There's uh, pumpkins on fire. <laughs> well, that's a wrap on that episode. I hope you liked it. Uh, one more time before we wrap it all up. I want to remind you about uh, patreon.com slash crawlspace. Log on there to get exclusive thank you content, which uh, one of them is the Spire Satellites, where we review all the books that aren't amazing on that episode. That's a thank you to people that help support this podcast on our website each and every month through Patreon. There's also several other podcasts that are up there that are fun to listen to uh, that I think you'll get a kick out of. But again, it's patreon.com slash crawlspace for exclusive content and also support things you like, like this podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.